Welcome to the Redirect Podcast. My name is Abigail Hewins. And I'm Emily Rojas. The Redirect Podcast is a show where we shift the conversation back to books. We discuss themes from some of our favorite books and how those themes show up in real lived experiences. On today's episode, we're catching up on all things books, including fan fiction, recent reads, and Gypsy Rose Blanchard's new book. But first, if you enjoyed the podcast, we would just humbly ask that you can support us in a few simple ways. First, you can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and let us know that you love the show. We'd also love for you to follow us on Instagram at Redirect Podcast. And finally, if you really, really love the show, we'd love for you to share it with a friend. By far, sharing our show with a friend is the best way to help us grow this community of book-loving nerds. Okay, let's dive in. So much to discuss. (laughs) So much to discuss today. Um, So little time. (laughs) Where should we start? I don't even know. Well, okay, let's pick up. How about this? Let's start with this. Let's pick up on a conversation that we started in our last episode where I told you that I had read Manacled. And then I said, Emily, please read Manacled. And we didn't talk too much about it because I didn't want to create lots of spoilers. But now you've read it. And for those who want to read it but haven't yet, maybe skip ahead a few minutes. I think we should just like get into it and have like a moment. I agree. Um, yeah. So manacled spoilers abound. Um, I'll try to put in the show notes when we stop talking about it. So you can come back in at that time. Uh, yeah, I read it. I read it. And <laughs> <laughs> first of all, it's like it's 1100 my pages life. or something. That's what I was going to say. Like, I did not realize because I read this book in like two or three days. Um, according to Goodreads, it has 1900 pages. I'm sure that's it's you know, probably not quite that long. Uh, but it's long. It's long. Because I've now seen people print and bound, uh, bind their own versions. And it's a quite a thick book. Which, so- <laughs> by the way, listen, do not purchase a print and bound, printed and bound copy of Manacled because that is illegal. It, yeah, you, unfortunately. And you're going to ruin fan fiction for everyone else. <laughs> Please don't, yeah. don't purchase it or you know who will take legal action um she will too she will she totally will <laughs> i feel confident in um that. <laughs> so okay if you didn't listen to our last episode and you don't know what manacled is just a little context it is a germany or jericho and hermione fan fiction um but mm-hmm. it really isn't it's more than that it's um it's more than that it's very dark it is very it's a, about war and mm-hmm. also like the handmaid's tale so mm-hmm. there's lots and lots of trigger warnings about it's basically if um as if the the good side did not win um as quickly the the war between Voldemort and the order and they're still fighting years later um but things are are kind of really really dark for them and Draco is obviously on the bad side Hermione's on the good side and yeah, it's inspired by Handmaid's Tale, so you can see where the darkness comes. Yeah, it's ex- I mean, very I mean, sexual assault, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, torture. But <clears throat> I mean, it is, and I don't say this lightly. And obviously, J.K. Rowling has done enough to ruin her legacy um, on her own. So this, but this is not biased by this. She could never have written something this good, mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> like. This to me, and I've seen a lot of people talk, sorry, I've seen a lot of people talk about 
Hermione as a character in the books and how this really kind of makes more sense to her character because this in this book she really has split from her friendship with Ron and Harry. I mean, it's still there, but it's very, very tenuous and um it kind of makes sense. Like she is always doing stuff for them in the books and like doing their homework and like taking the risks and um putting herself on the line, you know, and it's like sh- there's never any like full circle moment mm-hmm. for that for her where she gets kind of the thanks I think she deserves. And so it makes sense to push it to this extreme if the war continues on that she's like no longer able to be friends with them and they have these ideological differences and she's the one still like sacrificing herself with no recognition. So I thought, yeah, I feel like J.K. Rowling didn't even now I'm I love Hermione's character even more, you know? <laughs> she 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 didn't yeah. do her justice. Like, well and so in this world Hermione decides to become a healer and study healing because the dark side is um, like developing all of these curses. And so she's like, well, if somebody knows how is going to need to know how to heal these. And when she decides right. to become a healer, that kind of like causes this rift between her and, and Ron and Harry. Like not that they don't like that she's a healer, but it's kind of like looked down upon. Like it's not yeah. the same. Like, like you're like, not she's really not, fighting. She, yeah. And I think another thing that was kind of like a subtext of this was because Hermione wasn't with them hunting the Horcruxes, they never, Mm -hmm. they didn't find them (laughs) because she wasn't there basically directing everything and being the brain power behind everything. And there's a moment in the book where, um, they're like, Hermione is waiting back at like the headquarters for like, it's during a battle and she's waiting to receive patients that need to be healed. And she realizes that Harry is a Horcrux Mm-hmm. And she goes to him and she's like, Hey, like you're a Horcrux, like you're going to have to die. So she's still the one who figures that out. But also yeah. because she wasn't there before, um, sh- they hadn't found an additional Horcrux. What was the last one? Like, Oh, uh, Umbridge's necklace. Yes. Yes. That was the final. Yeah. So they, that they missed because in the, in the original story, Hermione mm-hmm. also helps figure that out. So because yeah. she like, it really like uplifts her character to be like, she was necessary. She was so necessary and she ended up being necessary in this world too, because the work that she did with her through like her relationship with Draco and like the deal that she made Mm -hmm. with them unbeknownst to Harry and Ron and like everybody in the order, except for Snape and Moody and Kingsley was that, you know, she would like basically belong to him, I guess with so for so that he could be a spy yeah and so she really ended up being extremely integral part but she didn't but even in this world she got no glory yes (laughs) even at the end (laughs) right and let's just talk about the end after like she and draco are able to like go live their life on this island whatever they have a daughter the daughter ends up after school, like moving to Britain and um, is in like a bookshop and is reading this mm-hmm. book about the second wizarding war. And at the end is a picture of Harry, Ron and Hermione. And it said mm-hmm. Hermione Granger was an inactive member of the order of the Phoenix. She did not fight. <laughs> Please. Jesus God. You don't understand if you have not read Manacled. And again, I think you should. 
Um, but if you haven't, and I understand if you don't, again, it is very dark trigger warnings, or if you haven't read Harry Potter, it might be a little hard to follow some parts, but you don't understand the journey this, this book takes you on to, so to set it up even further, you start off the book kind of mid action and Hermione has no memories of the ending of the war. Um, and, and basically Voldemort mm-hmm. has won and she has no recollection of how did that happen? How did I get to this point? Um, she's kind of to protect herself, to protect, um, her memories from Voldemort finding them out because he can read minds. Um, she's kind of completely walled them off even from herself. And then about halfway Which is through, like, I think was really cool because it's like a wizarding world, um, extreme to something that human beings do with traumatic memories that we sometimes shut them right. off until we're ready to process them. But she was shutting off these memories to protect them from the, like, cause she's like the last one of she's, Besides Snape, the last... As far as she knows, yeah, yeah she's the last she's one. She's the last surviving member of the Order of the Phoenix. So she probably has intelligence that she's locked away, but she has no idea what, they, what the memories yes. are. And then about halfway through, you get like 30 chapters of <laughs> flashbacks filling in all the details. And I have to say, I love that as a trope. Um, when the main character doesn't know what's going on and you're kind of finding out with them, like, I just really enjoy that. So that was crazy. So you've been through all this trauma and then you get all these flashbacks that explain like certain things that were happening or put things in a different light. And then you're back to the present day. You go on this whole journey and then you end with that sentence being the final sentence. And she did not fight, but you know, now all that she did, all that she sacrificed her body, her soul, her mind. She like, she put it all on the line. And and then for the history books to say she did not fight. And you know what? This is also just like a story about women, (laughs) like in, yeah. In wars, in big moments in history, like doing the quiet work, like sometimes like yeah. the less flashy, less glorified work, but sacrificing so much, like uh-huh. holding things down at home, holding things like holding down a budget, holding down childcare and work and, you yeah. know, inspiring like, you know, these big like male figures in history, like who was the person that they went home and talked to about like right. strategy? Every president of the United States well probably most of them but have gone home and talked to their wives and been like okay what should i do like yeah you know what i'm saying like but they don't get the glory and i was like yeah that hit me hard in this yeah where hermione did this very self-sacrificial work yeah and got zero praise for it and meanwhile the dudes who were sitting next to her who looked so successful because of what she was doing because of what draco the intelligence that she earned from draco Uh uh-huh they look like they did so much they got all the credit and she just has to live with that yeah um (laughs) it's just yeah it also made me think i think like in general this may make me sound like a bad person but i think it really made me rethink how I think even our society looks at like nurses in war. Yeah. Like you do kind of think, Oh, like it's not the same as the people who are on the front lines or, you know what I mean? But I'm like, now I'm reading this. I'm like, no, it's worse. Like, <laughs> wait, like there's a part where she talks about no matter what, um, Hermione's talking to like Ron and Harry, I think. And she says, no, even if you win the battle, all I see is the loss. Like even when you guys have a victory, I still get injured 
or dead or dying people that I have to take care of. And I thought that was so profound of like, yeah, the people, I mean, obviously I've always respected nurses. I'm not saying like I didn't, but you do kind of think like, oh, the people fighting the battles, mm-hmm. that's like up here. And then, you know, not below them, that's the, the trauma staff, of being a medical staff. Yeah. It's like almost worse. Yeah. And so I thought that was a really interesting part where she was saying that like, all I see is the losses, you know, um, no yeah. matter win or lose. And I thought, you know, that was really profound. And this that, writing is insane. I can't even, I can't even talk about it. Yeah. And then like the, because of all the loss that she sees through being a healer, that is right. what inspires her to really push the order to use some dark magic to, right. because she's like, we're not winning this war, but you know, Harry is super, super against that. And so Harry leads the whole order to be super against that. And so she ends up using some dark magic um, in the, t- in yeah. the moments when she finds herself in a battle like situation yeah which is another way she gives of herself because this story also really um like builds out the idea that dark magic is corrosive to you and that it will harm you and even just using a little bit of dark magic can like pretty much forever change you um yeah and so she, yes like I, she had full knowledge that using dark magic would change her but she, she was, was sacrificing willing to do it anyway which i thought was really cool I mean, one thing I will say about Manacled is it is a fan fiction, so it's basically unedited. <laughs> so yeah, it could be a third shorter at least, probably. Probably, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's still amazing, and I think like to reduce it to a Germani fanfic is just yes. does not like do justice. Well, that's what I think. What um, I I think. This has really changed my perspective on fan fiction. And you guys can go listen to our fan fiction episode. We both have enjoyed fan fiction. Obviously, we love PETA's games, as we've talked about. Um, but I've always kind of thought of fan fiction as being like, oh, like, if you wanted an alternate ending, or if you wanted, um, like, if you were hoping certain characters would get together, like, if you hoped Draco and Hermione would get together, then you could go write your own world where that happens kind of like a way for you to just like live what you wish would have happened or explore an alternate possibility but this manacled and now i have another one that i've read since then another germany talk about another germany it has changed my whole perspective because it's like this honestly is a work of art and i understand why it's illegal to make money off fan fiction but i wish there was a way because i would give sinlin Yu, the author of manacled i would give her at least you know 10 bucks or something on a patreon to have read this you know and it's just insane that she put so much work into it honestly i think it is better than any of the harry potter books yeah (laughs) it could use some editing but the concept the writing the like foreshadowing and then the kind of coming in and filling in those questions you had i mean the world building because this is so it's such a departure you know even though it does continue the books it's completely different you know so anyway so had you i am all in in the first third of the book where Mm -hmm. where was your journey on it like were you putting things together i mean obviously there are like hints like for instance Okay, trigger warning, trigger warning about sexual assault and rape, but mm-hmm. so skip ahead if you don't want to listen to this. But, um, you know, because Draco has to like try and impregnate Hermione, this is, it seems traumatic for both of them. Like, obviously, it's very traumatic yes. for her, but in a sense, he is also being 
assaulted because he's because he knows that Voldemort is going to. He also has no choice in this. He knows yeah. he he is going to read, um, Hermione's, Hermione's memories, memories, and so he's going to see right. if Draco didn't obey. So Draco yes. is forced to non consensual, like into a non consensual situation with Hermione, and he doesn't want to because he loves her, and he doesn't want to yeah. torture her. So yeah. that all those layers, and so there's a glimpses of that in the first and first third and she like her mental process is that he just doesn't like her and is like not attracted to her in any way or yeah i don't know like where were you the first third of the book i mean i feel like i obviously knew because it is a germany thick that yeah. there was going to be some kind of redemption <clears throat> for him <clears throat> but i did i did think like in the first third um in the present day or whatever i thought there's no way she's going to redeem this for me. Like, there's just you no have way. The thought. I thought she was going to try, but I was like, there's just no way because it's just so horrifying. All the stuff he's doing, it, like, even if he does love her or like her or they had some kind of, I don't know. I wasn't sure. And I wasn't sure either if it would be like in the future he would fall for her or if he had already in the mm-hmm. past. Yeah, you know that's what I mean? unclear. Like, I couldn't tell. Well, because then and the so first I third thought of the it book, would be the future. The first third of the book, you don't know the flashbacks are going to happen. You don't know there's going to be flashbacks. Mm-hmm. So I thought maybe somehow he would fall for her and then they would work together or whatever to, you know, and then you, but, the and you think there's no way that that can be redeemed. There's no way. Because that's what yeah. I thought too. I was like, okay, well, if he falls yeah. for her later, you can't, you can't erase the fact that he you tortured her and this. enslaved her. But then she does. Unfortunately, she does. <laughs> it, she does. And that's why everyone I've talked to about this. And I said this to my friend Nikki, who recommended it to me because she was texting uh-huh. me, like, I finished it. Like, where are you? And I was like, I'm in the first third. Honestly, I'm having a hard time. Like, how mm-hmm. could mm-hmm. he ever be redeemed? Like, I don't know how I'm ever going to get there. And she was like, you just, just have to you trust wait. me. Just, just you, <laughs> you wait. Just have to trust me. So, um, yeah. So yeah, I I love that for us. And I love it. I I'm not kidding. It is a lengthy book, and I literally could, I have not felt that way in such a long time, where I couldn't stop reading it. Like I was staying up late, which I don't do. Like I was staying up to like eleven or twelve to read this, getting up early in the morning to reading it during my lunch break. Like I could not stop. Yeah. So I have not felt that way in a long time. And then um that did lead me to another Germani fanfic, which yeah, I think is the perfect palette cleanser. It's called Draco Malfoy and the Mortifying Ordeal of Being in Love. Oh, I've heard of that one. Okay, tell me about it. Yes. It's another popular one. This one is like if that one is everything that bad that could have happened, this one's like everything good that could have happened in Harry Potter. So it's essentially canon, but in this world, um, Tonks and Lupin lived and Draco like really redeemed himself and also Narcissa, his mom, his dad dies, but um, him and his mom, like, I guess were, you know, under the influence, had no choice and then wanted to come to the good side. So Draco's an Auror and so are Harry and Ron and they all work together and Tonks is like the head Auror. Um, She's like in charge of them all. And Hermione is a healer also in this world, which I just think is it tracks. It makes more sense for her, you know? Mm-hmm. She's a healer and a muggle doctor. So she has earned a doctor, an MD oh, in the muggle world. Cool. And she has, you know, pursued education in the wizarding world. And so she kind of ha- has used, like, she does work in both. She's like a surgeon in the muggle world. And she's also a healer for the wizarding world. And she does research that kind of combines both things. And so 
she has made some kind of scientific discovery that you don't know what it is. She, it's like top secret. But because of this, there, the Ministry of Magic is worried that someone might be after her or trying to stop her from making this discovery or whatever. Mm. So she is assigned an aura to protect her. And Draco is assigned Hell to yeah. watch her. And it's just so, it was so fun, honestly. And, um, even the author said, like, there's, this is like a mostly happy Good. book, but there are some, there's like a few scenes. Of course, there's this tension of like who's after her, but it's resolved very quickly. It's mostly just like, they have to go to all these like magical sites. Um, for her research, she needs like certain, specific magical artifacts like on certain days she has to collect them so you know they have to traipse around Mm -hmm. europe together it's just really fun and i liked this too because i i know this isn't always popular but i actually really liked hermione and ron together um i thought like they're different but that doesn't always mean it's a bad thing Mm -hmm. but in this world they got engaged like immediately after the war and ended up ending things pretty amicably because you know they just wanted to go different directions in life and i really liked that because it's like okay they had a really they still are really good friends the trio is still intact in this world but you know it does kind of make sense that maybe the world that ron wants to live in post-war and they're 17 years old when the war Mm -hmm. ends and and they just you know like maybe it doesn't make sense that they end up together forever after that like Maybe yeah. it does make sense that they would grow once the war is over. They don't have as much in common or their vision of their future. So I thought that was actually really nice. And I liked that the trio was still like, they're still really good friends. Yeah. They have drinks all the time. And um, Draco is able to somewhat get along with Ron and um, Harry. I just thought it was a really nice. So if you read I'm Manicold, totally then you're going to read this now. Again, this is 200,000 words. And I <laughs> looked up like the average novel. This is, this is longer than the average novel. So. It's another long one, but it, I read it in like two days again. So I just, okay. I'm on a streak. Um, but I think, yeah, this is like the anecdote to mani- Manicold. If you want to keep reading Germani, but you don't want to be depressed, uh, this is a really fun book. Okay. <laughs> 10 out of 10. I'm there. I'm there. <laughs> I'm going to read get it. it. <laughs> Five stars. <laughs> I love that. Oh, my gosh. Um, I need a little inspiration. I have so i so technically i read manacled last year because <laughs> i finished it on new year's oh. eve so oh um hold on i'm on my wrong google drive i'm looking at my reading log here um i'm trying to see what i have read this year did i talk had i read leave the world behind when we recorded no. our last episode okay no so this is a, i had just read it yeah okay so this is another pickup where i i caught up with uh-huh. you i read it uh-huh. um i gave this is a five-star book for me Wait, and you, I don't think you had finished it all the way. Yeah, I hadn't. I didn't, like, love it. It was a three-star for me. (laughs) Really? Okay. But but I do see why you liked it. I think I just was maybe, I had the wrong expectations going in. Um, But, yeah, tell about why you liked it so they can have the opposite perspective. (laughs) Yeah, so as a refresher, Leave the World Behind is a book about a family, um, a mom, dad, a teenage son, and a tween daughter. And they are leaving uh, Brooklyn where they live to go to like somewhere around Long Island for like a quick vacation. They go and while they're there, um, there's like a, they find out there's like a blackout in New York City, but like right after they find that out, like they lose their cell service and Wi-Fi. And then that night, the owners of the home actually show up 
and um are like hey there was a blackout in the city and we don't want to go back to our apartment like sorry can we stay here and it's like kind of awkward and it really the book just covers the next like three days of them just kind of cohabitating trying to figure things out and like if you're someone who needs a lot of resolution this book isn't for you because this book is actually and this is what i loved about it this book was not about the disaster and what happened in the world and it's not going to like you get tiny glimpses of like things that may have happened like what what is actually going on is it a war is it like a pandemic is it a biological web like you just actually don't know and you never know um the book is about the process of what's happening in each of these characters like hearts and minds during this time and how they interact with each other how they come together or push each other away and one of the things i really loved about this book was all of the little details that you get about the characters their history, their thought process, even from like, like to use an example, um, when the mom is like at the grocery store, when they first arrive on their vacation, she goes to buy all the, you know, vacation groceries, the way that she's thinking about buying the groceries is narrated in the book. Like if there's healthy options, she'll buy it. If, if there's a green option, like she's going to buy it. And like the way that she picks out a nectarine like it sounds so mundane but it really gives you this glimpse into each of the characters and builds these really rich worlds for each rich worlds for each of them and then builds this tension when the owners of the home show up who are black they're like older black people and the family is white the tension that exists between them and then like how they're going to work together um and in the quote there's like in the foreword of the book, it's a, there's this quote, it's a song lyric and it says, um, love goes on like bird song as soon as possible after a bomb. And I feel like that really encapsulates what this book is about. And I loved it. I watched the movie on Netflix too. There was a lot of differences. Um, but the cast is killer and I think it's worth reading and watching, not just watching because you're going to get a different experience from just watching the movie. Yeah. I need to watch the movie and see uh, what, if I like it better or worse or the same. I think you might like it better. I think I, my problem was I saw the trailer for the movie and I think I said this in the last episode, but it it just makes it seem more like it's some kind of like paranormal, um, maybe multiple realities because the they they just show mm. the the black couple ringing the door and being like this is our home and then i felt like the family was like no this is our home so i didn't understand that it was like a vacation house mm. so i was just i think it was maybe just uh different expectations for what i was getting into but um i didn't hate it i just like didn't love it so it's just kind of meh but okay i'm glad you liked it fair enough um, if you're interested in some kind of thriller, like speculative, I mean, the thing is, I would say that this book will kind of stick with you. <laughs> like, yeah. Also, the movie was produced by the Obamas. Mm, I didn't even know that. they. Yeah. So M- Michelle and Barack Obama uh, executive produced this movie, which kind of scares me <laughs> because I'm like, what do y'all know? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, they know a lot. <laughs> And they wanted to produce this movie. Like, what are you trying to... Yeah, are you trying to warn us? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Honestly, of all the the disaster scenarios, I will say, like, a blackout. 
um, probably freaks me out the most because you think about how much we rely on technology. And that was actually the most creepy part to me of this book is they have no idea what's going on and they have no way to know because there's no TV, there's no cell phones, like they have no access to information and that would be like the worst thing because it's like okay is this just happening here is this a global thing like you really have no way to know so very freaky Mm -hmm. the 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 movie endeavors to answer more of those questions yeah that's uh was my understanding based on some things i saw so um i will say quick shout out to two more books before we move on to gypsy and uh (laughs) other topics i read dial a for aunties which you recommended i believe on the pod well you sent it to me but i think you talked about it i mean yeah at some point i'll quickly i'll just say before you give your review it it was cute do i think it's like the best book i've ever read in my life no but yeah it was fun okay what did you think (laughs) i thought it was fun but i have to say i cannot with the the trope i think it's becoming more of a genre where someone accidentally kills someone and then like they have to get away with it it stresses me out so much and that is the premise of this book (laughs) so yeah i really actually liked the book um i thought it was really fun i liked the characters but i was like couldn't this just be about like their family and their crazy wedding planning business and her falling in love with this guy or like she used to love him old loves whatever like i would have preferred that because the idea that they murdered someone and 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 this is a spoiler but so just do 30 seconds ahead if you don't want to hear this but they actually she thought she killed him and then they put him in the freezer and then he was actually still alive and then he died (laughs) that part i was like you guys didn't thoroughly check that out because (laughs) that it's so messed up to think he woke up in there i mean he wasn't a good guy but i don't feel like he deserved to be murdered you know like no i mean no one deserves to be maybe murdered. that's true exactly but like i felt like it just didn't i to me i read the um finley donovan series kind of a similar premise but that one i feel like did a little bit of a better job of making you like okay with the murdering part this part i was like i could never get over it i was like she deserves to go to jail i'm sorry I don't want her to get away with this. Like maybe it's manslaughter or whatever. Yeah. Look, I kind of agree with you on that point. Um, The thing I loved about it. It was cute and fun. Was that the aunties were so funny. um, Yes. And great fun characters. And if you liked it, there is a sequel. Um, Uh Uh-huh. Does it also involve murder? Huh? Does it also involve murder? Um, I think it might. So maybe exactly <laughs> but i did think like honestly if she had just written a book about the aunties about their wedding planning business yeah. i would be all in because it was really fun um but it was fun and then i also read last one dark matter by blake crouch oh this is good. a definite so good i love blake crouch so he's kind of like very um i don't know he has like a unique style so i think either you like him or you don't but I love Blake Crouch, and this one is um, it's giving Midnight Library, but more sciency because basically the main character Jason he um, goes out to a bar to meet up with one of his friends one night, and um, he's just going to go for like an hour, one drink, and on his way back, um, a masked abductor knocks him out, and he when he like eventually he's interrogated by this guy then he's sent away he wakes up and he is in another world um a parallel universe essentially or something and 
he doesn't know he doesn't his life is completely different and basically the turning point between his life and the one he ends up in is in his life his um you know 15 or whatever years ago his girlfriend came to him and said she was pregnant and in his life he chose to stay with her to raise a kid to kind of give up his scientific research um and just become a professor to keep this child and raise a child in the world he wakes up in he ended things with her um they didn't keep the baby and he dedicated himself wholeheartedly to science and now is like this prestigious scientist mm. has made these groundbreaking you know uh research advances i don't know um and his wife he's not with his wife anymore like it's his life is so different and so he's kind of like trying to figure out what's going on figure out where he is figure out like what happened who sent him here and um yeah it's really good it's it's very sciencey again if you like the science side of science fiction i really liked it though um and i thought you know it resolved i didn't know how it was going to resolve but it really did in a nice way and I don't know. It's, yeah, like I said, it's like the Midnight Library, but more sciencey and like a better scientific explanation of like, what if you made different choices in your life? And, mm. you know, would you go back and do the same thing or would you make a different decision? And I don't know. It's just it was really good. So Interesting. and I think um, what I like about Blake Crouch is all of his books have like really large implications uh, to the world mm. as a whole, mm-hmm. but also they're really just like about family and relationships that you have and you know i think it's like intimate but also like sweeping so um i really like this one yeah i love that that sounds really good yes um and that's it the sciencey bit like i think i i think i maybe like that more than i think i do um yeah so yeah cool look into it i'll give it a shot but first, I'm going to give the other one a shot. The uh, uh, Draco Malfoy in the in uh, the mortifying ordeal of being in love. Yeah. <laughs> author is let me let me get the author to give her credit. Uh, is this self care? Okay. <laughs> also, I'm like, should I write a Hermione fan fiction? Yes. Because <laughs> I get it now. I never understood the Draco Hermione shippers, but I'm all in with you guys. It does make more sense than her and Ron. Like. <laughs> just be good you know if he could just not be evil it it does make logical sense for them to be together so (laughs) i'm all in (laughs) keep me posted on your ideas maybe i can help you workshop some of them i will okay um okay so next on the docket we either have uh, i'll let you choose we can either talk about gypsy roses um new book kind of question mark or we can talk about um the tea with Kate Crane and um, review let's bombing. go with the tea. Okay, let's go with the tea. You can tell me about that, and then we can mutually discuss Gypsy Rose at the end. Okay, um, so I'm, I'm going to read you the first two paragraphs of this Washington Post article about this to kind of set this set the okay. stage for you, I'm and then ready. we can kind of go through um, some of the very specific pieces of this tea. So, okay, I'm so ready. I love drama. Here we go. A first-time author lost her book deal Monday after readers and fellow authors accused her of creating fake Goodreads accounts and repeatedly trying to sabotage other writers' books through negative reviews. Kate Corain, the author of the sci-fi fantasy novel Crown of Starlight, which which was to be published in May 2024, has faced backlash over the past week after literary fans on Twitter and TikTok 
accused her of review bombing fellow authors for months by using several fake accounts to post scathing reviews on Goodreads, the popular Amazon-owned review site. After some writers claimed that an unnamed author was writing one-star reviews for books written by debuting authors of color, authors and readers tracked the fake Goodreads accounts back to Corrine, who gave her own books glowing reviews. <laughs> the discussion surrounding the controversy led by Delray Books, an imprint of Penguin Random House, to announce Monday that Corrine's book would not be published next year. They said, quote, we are aware of the ongoing discussion around author Kate Corrine, uh, Crown of Starlight is no longer on our 2024 publishing schedule. And she was also dropped by her agent, who said that they parted ways. So, no. <laughs> yeah. How stupid do you have to be? Okay, I think making fake accounts to give your own book good reviews. That's embarrassing. Maybe not the best, but it's it's okay. We would all understand that. But then review bombing other authors, especially authors of color specifically, what compels someone to do something like that? And they were they were like, other like you... debut authors too. Other like debut like, women of color authors. How does that help you? Cuz the it, thing about reading is that the more people read, the more people read, you know? Like <laughs> there's no like if one author succeeds, it's not taking sometimes it is taking away from other authors. I recognize that. Um, but in this type of situation, like if people are into reading and they read your book and they read other people's books, like they can read both books, you know what I mean? Like we don't have to push other you? women down to succeed. No. It's not gonna help you if someone else fails. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. If another yeah. author fails, that doesn't mean they're gonna come read your book. Yeah. <laughs> So what does that do? Right. So, yeah. And like you said, if she had just been found out for like creating fake accounts to boost her own book, that would be embarrassing, but it yeah. wouldn't be cancelable. Yeah. Like, I right. think like you wouldn't that would just book be, deal over that. It would be like, that would oh, just be stupid. Okay. It would just be like, that's yeah. embarrassing. Um, so she posted a long quote unquote apology. Oh, um should i read it please do i need to hear this <laughs> i know it's gonna long. be bad <laughs> all right and when you i say apology it. big air quotes so dear friends family readers fellow authors and members of the publishing community since june 2022 i've been fighting a losing battle against depression alcoholism and substance abuse the full scope of which i've hidden from everyone in my life out of shame and misguided belief with the right medicine or enough therapy i could beat it <laughs> no for the audio emily shaking her head in late november 2023 i started a new medication and on december uh, still no apology just were two paragraphs and no apology and on december 2nd 2023 i suffered a complete psychological breakdown during this time i created roughly six profiles on goodreads and along with two profiles i made during a similar but shorter breakdown in 2022 i boosted the rating of my book bombed the ratings of several fit fellow debut authors and left reviews that ranged from kind of mean to downright abusive Two of those authors, Molly X. Chong and Danielle Jensen, are fellow Delray authors. <laughs> Camilla Cole and Bethany Baptiste just happened to be on the wrong goods reads list at the wrong time. I felt no ill will towards any of them. It was just my fear about how my book would be receiving received running out of control. My memories of this are extremely fuzzy, so it's possible there are a couple of other authors. If so, please know I take full ownership of what I did to you as well. I'm sorrier than you'll ever know. There's nothing I can say to erase what I did to you. 
When I was slapped on the wrist by Goodreads and vague tweeted by a handful of people, I panicked that my secret was about to get out. And rather than taking responsibility for my actions, I tried to cover my tracks. Still in the middle of this breakdown, I made up the world's sloppiest chat with a non-existent friend who was supposed to, who was supposedly to blame and sent fake apologies for the actions of said friend. So she blamed this on a friend, which only made things worse. <laughs> I betrayed the confidence of my agent, my pub team, my readers, my friends, and betrayed my own deeply held values. I also dragged one of my dearest friends and felt the debut authors into the mud with me when she came to my defense. I'll leave her name out of this so as to not pull her even deeper. However, if she wishes to come forward, I apologize to her publicly as well. Let me be extremely clear. While I may not have been sober or of sound mind during this time, I accept responsibility for the pain and suffering I caused. And my delay in posting this is due to to spending the last few days offline while I go through withdrawal as I so sobered up enough to be brutally honest with you and myself. I know some of you won't forgive me and I recognize that you're not required to. <laughs> she still hasn't said sorry. I'll be reach- I've noticed that. <laughs> I'll be reaching out to everyone directly impacted though that may take time since I'm checking into intensive psychiatric care and rehab facility T, which means I'll mostly be off social media as I need to give hundred percent to the program if I want it to stick. All I can do going forward is to try and live my life in a way that shows that these people, these aren't empty words. Yours is so much love and the utmost heartbreak, Kate Crane. Wow. <laughs> That's all I can say. Yeah. Like, look, here's the thing. I am very empathetic for anyone struggling with substance abuse, alcoholism, anything like that, mental health issues. But there are also a lot of people with mental health issues who don't do bad things. There's <laughs> like this. So just forget all that. Deal with that in your private life and just say, I'm sorry. Like there is no excuse. I shouldn't have done this. I'm embarrassed. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all and you have to say. Even though she, I mean, I don't know. I guess like even though she said, I'm not blaming this on my substance abuse. She mentions the substance abuse a lot. To the point where it kind of is way more than the apologizing. It makes it more of to blame. And like, right. You know, part of the seven steps of AA is like making uh, is like reconciling and making amends for the things that you've done. Um, but you know, you take responsibility for that. It's not like, yeah, you did it, you know, your alcoholism or your addiction or whatever caused it or like contributed to it. Yeah. Anyways. So one of the authors that was a victim of this review bombing. Um, so I'll read this little excerpt from the Washington post, but the people uh-huh. of color targeted by Corrine noticed that her letter was not a proper apology to the debuting authors who suffered a result of you the think? negative reviews she gave them on her fake Goodreads accounts. I'll be waiting for that apology, wrote Bethany Baptiste, the author of the upcoming book, The Poisons We Drink, who is among the people review bombed by Corrine. Um, so yeah, shout out to all of the internet sleuths. They're the ones who really broke the story. And there is a public Google doc that has screenshots of all of the review bombing that she did and going onto these lists where her, her book was list downvoting all of the other books and upvoting her book. No, that's so bad. (laughs) That's so bad. So this is one of the reviews that she wrote um for herself to boost her own book i love this book so much that i regret reading it because now nothing on my tbr sounds interesting by comparison idk what prompted kate what what prompted kate crane to write this but they're a genius okay and then on the same fake account 
she left this review for um, Fourth Wing, which is not written by a woman of color, but it's just right underneath it. So I'll read it. This was yeah. so bad. I'm actually writing a review about it. It's terrible. Everyone who says otherwise is on drugs. <laughs> Girl, you're on drugs. Yeah, Literally. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. That's terrible. Um, I hope I hope she genuinely does get the help she clearly needs. Um, but yeah, that wasn't an apology. And I also like don't love that there's no acknowledgement that obviously was mostly women of color. Like yeah. that's not great. Like that came from somewhere, you know, and that should have been acknowledged of like, Hey, I specifically was targeting people who already do not get a fair shot in the publishing world and are underrepresented. You're punching like, down. Yeah. That's yeah. Sucks. Like the fourth wing one, whatever, what is that even going to do? It's one of the most popular books in the world right now. So, you know, fine but people who are debut authors who are trying to just probably make ends meet like you are i don't like that this is one of the reviews she left for one of the fellow fellow del rey debut authors um one star i can't believe del rey spent half a million dollars on this when they could have spent half a million dollars on anything else sorry not sorry it's that's that's, that's terrible that's cruel like as a fan like as a reader i would like i would never leave a review that first of all i have never given a book one stars even books i've hated because i'm like you know you wrote a book (laughs) that takes something you know there's something good here and second of all if i'm gonna leave a negative review first of all i try i really don't try to leave negative reviews in public places or whatever like maybe i'll put it on my instagram but um that's just personal i don't think it's bad if you do but I at least try to say, like, here's what I liked. Here's what I didn't like. Like, that to me is just a mean. Like you said, it's just mean. It's not even a you, constructive It's not like, oh, I wish know, that review. it was a little faster. Or the, the pace right. is, like, it, It's not like, it's just saying, oh, this is trash. Yeah. Another one she left. No. This book promises an interesting story. Unfortunately, it fails to deliver on several fronts. First, I found the writing to be repetitive and flowery at times. There's a lot of telling and not showing. In the first chapter the blah 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 but yeah this is legitimately awful and everyone who liked it should be ashamed of themselves that's the kind these are the kinds of reviews boo boo (sighs) to this lady get the help you need and then come back with a real apology because this is not it you didn't actually say like i apologize and you know so (laughs) um maybe what we should do to you know make up for um her being a, just such a piece of <laughs> is read one of the books of the authors that she like uh oh that would be good yeah let's read um let's do the it the poisons we drink by bethany baptiste Ooh. and discuss it okay <laughs> because join us we should <laughs> no, let's see love yeah. potions is a dangerous business brewing has painful Ooh. debilitating side effects and getting caught means death or a prison sentence but what venus is wow. most afraid of is the dark sentient magic within her why Ooh. not yeah that sounds good Let's let's give it a try. And if we don't like it, we won't be that mean. <laughs> <laughs> we will at least be honest. We'll be but honest. Not mean. Oh, Anyways, wow. I just had to share that. All right. Finally, speaking of hot takes, Gypsy Rose Blanchard released a new book. Quote unquote. And I'm going to use air quotes for the book. <laughs> I'm upset. I paid $9.99. I don't recommend paying for this book. Basically, okay, it should maybe, have been like $4.99 because it's not. It should have been free. It's because it's a. <laughs> Sorry. It's a teaser for her real book and so what it does is it like mirrors the chapters of what will be coming in the real book but instead of act of putting any content it 
is excerpts from phone conversations that she had with the person who's actually writing her book. Right. Mm -hmm. Get on the notes that are going to go into the book. So it's just transcripts of phone conversations. It's her, it's, it's essentially her notes that she's going to use to write her actual book allegedly (laughs) this year. And like little paragraphs for context spliced here and there. But, uh, no, and I do. This is my fault because I was suspicious. I thought to myself, surely someone would have given her a book deal. Why is this only available on Kindle? Why isn't there a hard copy or at least a paperback? You know, like mm-hmm. I'm sure someone would have given her. I mean, she's everywhere right now. So I should have known and I should have done some more research. Uh, but if you like me thought this was an actual book, <laughs> we are wrong. So I'm sure we'll, we were planning on devoting this whole episode to this book, but uh obviously there's not that much to talk about i mean you know it's there's going to be a full book coming and i'm sure we will do a full episode once the that actual book is released but again this is like the footnotes um or the bibliography it It is it's basically the outline and i mean there were bits of tea in this in this little outline where i was like hold the phone like yeah things about her mom that i didn't know things about her relationship with nick i didn't know i didn't realize that she was engaged to another guy while in prison before (laughs) her marriage to her husband ryan who she also met yeah married while in prison Uh (laughs) uh-huh i think it's been so it's been really interesting not so much as a participant, but as someone who's just been watching the discourse online about Gypsy Rose of like everyone being like, what an icon, but also like, this is a person who still needs a ton of help. And this is a lot at once. It's a lot of notoriety and fame at once. Mm -hmm. Um, She's like in her thirties, but had, have had very few life experiences in her little book novella thing. You know, she kind of compares being in prison to like going to high school and like Mm -hmm. trying out different cliques and trying to figure out her identity. Like this is a, this is an adult woman who either has never just been on her own. And if she stays in this marriage, she never will be. Um, Yeah. So we just need to take care. (laughs) I think in general, like I think. I think I don't see it ending well. Yeah. Right. As it, as it goes right now, I hope for her much like I hoped for, you know, the corn kid, um, for anyone who receives a lot of attention at once Mm -hmm. that they will quickly fade away and that she can live a normal life. Um, unfortunately, I don't know if that will happen, but I just don't think it's probably good to put this much attention on someone who has had a very traumatic life. And, and again, like you said, has never really been free, uh, to make her own decisions ever in life. So, um, you know, and the one decision she made was essentially to kill her mom. So I don't know that this is like the best scenario Mm -hmm. we're putting her in. Um, but yeah, if you are really, really into Gypsy and you want to get a head start on the book, I would recommend it. But otherwise, I would say Just hold wait. off. Yeah. I'm sure a book will be forthcoming uh, that will probably be more uh, interesting to read than transcripts of her conversations. Which You know, she mentions a few things about like in the phone calls with uh, Melissa Moore, who is her mm-hmm. writing partner, I guess, um, about 
you know, what she wants to do when she gets out. And some of the things she talks mm-hmm. about are wanting to become an advocate um, for children who are in abusive situations or, you know, to try and pass better laws so that, you know, doctors can maybe do more, you know, when they think that they may be seeing like mistreatment or something like that. Um, so I hope that that's true. And I hope that she's able to funnel some of this tragedy into, you know, yeah, one of the things that positive. really stuck with me that I highlighted in the book was that she said that she wasn't able to get therapy while in prison because the penal system thinks that she's well enough. Like she's not unwell enough to get mm. therapy, which I was like, yeah. excuse me. <laughs> this, what are we like, dealing with here? If, what are you talking about? She's the pinnacle about? of mental. What stability? are we talking about right now? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I hope that she, you know what? Here's what I hope for her book. I hope that actually she delays it like a year mm-hmm. or two years. Yeah. She goes to therapy she stabilizes yeah. her life. And then from that perspective, she writes a book that is reflective on her life from like a yeah. more informed and like healed yeah. point of view. I agree. I agree. I think that's a better call. And I mean, she says in this book that her book's coming out in 2024. So that seems like, I don't know. I feel like books are normally announced with a pretty good lead time so i wouldn't be surprised if it does get pushed back at least a little so i kind of hope it does like you said and she can write from a more like an outside perspective or i don't know like more removed from the situation because right now it's like okay you're just fresh out of jail like you need time to think and process and um adjust stabilize (laughs) and heal (laughs) but i was imagine how (laughs) overwhelming that would all be at once yeah, I can't. To go from being imprisoned your whole life, basically, to being in prison, yeah. which Actually felt like a prison. lot of freedom for her, honestly. Yeah. You know, f- for a lot of people, prison feels like a lack of freedom. For her, it was like, I got to have a job. Can, yeah. I, like, yeah. I, like, you know. Could she, talk to people. She had friendships. Walk. <laughs> she went, oh, she, yeah. she learned. Like, she, she got, got an yeah. education. Like, yeah. Maybe, maybe like prison actually like she's the first person that prison has ever actually worked for. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like mostly our agree. carceral system is a really bad is bad. But like, yeah, maybe she did need limited freedom at first because I think so. Yeah. If she had just so. gotten off free, like, do you remember, um, that horrible, horrible story about, um, the parents who like a really big deep, like seriously abused their kids and like the, they were not educated. They were like chained up. And one of the teenage daughters got out and like found the police. She couldn't spell, couldn't read. Yes. They, yes. Well, like most of those. So some of the, the quote unquote kids were actually over 18. They were like in their twenties. Yeah. And so they weren't, they couldn't be in the foster care system. And so they were just yeah. like put into the world released and yeah. it ended really badly for a lot of them. Like, yeah, they did not have, any education or skills or ability to socialize yeah. and we're not successful in the world. So yeah, yeah. maybe we, you almost need that. <laughs> if you're in that situation, you need some kind maybe of not prison, but transition. Something. So yeah, definitely. Anyways. All right. Well, that's we it. Will, we will be back on gypsy Rose's book. Should she decide to publish one? Um, yes. And we will, we will discuss it with lots of grace and yes, uh, perspective. Or, we, or we will attempt to. Yeah. All right. Well, 
Is that it? That's it. That's All it. right. We'll, we'll catch see you guys, guys on the flippity flip. Bye. Catch you on the flippity flip. Bye.